This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 4, Episode 6, titled Float Your Boat. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one cruisy co-host. <laughs> First from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Because you barely fit in the boat. To Taylor the Latte Boy. Taylor the Latte Boy, what a coincidence. We are actually taping this show early. We are. We are. Bonjour, lady, by the way. Yeah, bonjour, literally. Bon voyage. Bon voyage, ladies. <laughs> to, uh, you're, but you're going on a cruise on Friday, this coming Friday. Yeah. We usually tape on Friday night, but we're doing it on a Monday. Yeah. And... Uh, and uh, so, what, a, what an appropriate episode for us to it, uh, to, to go out on it, it. Well, not go out on, but I mean to 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 work on this week. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's just a little a little three nighter out to the Bahamas. So so it's three nights. That means you come back Monday morning. Come back Monday morning. Yes. Oh, so it's two full days. Two full days. Yes, that we leave Friday. The ship leaves around five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then um, we have Saturday, we are in Nassau. And then Sunday, we are in Castaway Key, which is mm-hmm. Disney's private island in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And then we come home Monday morning. That's interesting. I think I'd much rather do that here in, in Southern California. The cruises, their three-day cruises, go to something called the Mexican Riviera. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I would never want to go to that. I live Why? in the Mexican Riviera. Why would I want to go on? And what's funny is my parents always, okay, they've gone on, okay. My parents love cruises. I've never been on a cruise. Okay. Just so you know. I think you would have a lot of fun on a cruise. Until next year. People watching alone, you would have fun. Well, yeah. Well, well, you'll see next year when I'm on that cruise with you. Anyway. What's funny is Taylor, in a private conversation, said, ah, ha, 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 it's a good thing you don't know when we're leaving or anything like that. And I, go, <laughs> I go, bitch, you know you guys drop little clues on your show all the time. Oh, no. She's quite aware of that. <laughs> and there are times that I think to myself, note to self, edit that out. <laughs> yeah. Because he'll say the name of the boat they're going to be on. So even though I don't know uh-huh. the exact day, I just got to go, when is, where is this boat in September? Right. So, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It is not, I don't think this is hard information to get at all. I think at the very listen. least, you're, we're going to be leaving the port and you're going to be coming out on a jet ski like Mariah Carey in the Honey video. <laughs> no, I already told you. I am not going to tell you just one day, uh, maybe the first night. I don't know. What, so, so how does this – because you've been on a lot of Disney cruises and I imagine they're yes. all pretty much the same. Maybe each boat is different but in terms of what you can do on it. But like – 
the structure of what happens on these trips is probably very similar. Yes. Yes. You, so, you, so what we happens? We old hat at this now. Yeah. The first what, what night the first is there is well, see, this is very different because of COVID from what mm-hmm. it usually is. But the first thing is you get on the ship, you wander around, they eventually let you in your room. Mm-hmm. They bring you your luggage, you unpack or whatever, and then you can just kind of walk around and do whatever until five o'clock and five o'clock is the sail away party. And then mm-hmm. that is where they have all the characters come out on the top deck and they play all sorts of songs um, and they try to get everybody pumped up and then they do the countdown and they, once you get to zero, they play the horns and they usually play like when you wish upon a star or something over the horns and everybody yells and then the ship you leaves. Cry. I don't cry. I oh, don't okay. cry at that. I have cried on a cruise, but I don't cry at that. I, my husband and my f- best friend, Taffy, they both cry. So on Friday, I am cruising with Taffy and she will definitely cry because she has been a woman on the verge for the last 20 months wanting to get on a cruise ship. Um, we taped a show on Sunday and she was like, she snorted cocaine before we started taping. She was so excited talking Mm -hmm. about the cruise and she's just, she just can't wait. So after you, after the ship leaves, you get dressed for either a show and then dinner or then dinner and a show because they split everybody up. Um, and then after that, then you kind of do whatever you want. There's nightclubs, there's entertainment, there's, you could just kind of wander around. There's, there's all sorts of stuff. Okay. So I can already know what's going to happen. You're going to be, it's going to be the, the sail away party. What's it called again? The cast off party or what? Yeah. It's like cast off party or something like that. And you're going to be hanging out with your Mai Tai in your hand, your sugar-free Mai Tai in your hand or whatever, right? <laughs> and they're going to go three, you know, three, two, one. And then everyone's going to be – wait, I'm going to even play the music, right? So <laughs> um, so it's going to be – and then, like, Taffy's going to be crying. They're going to be playing – when you wish upon a star, right? Mm-hmm. And all the cast members are going to be—I mean, I'm sorry—the characters are going to be dancing uh, on the um, on the deck, and then you're just going to—you're going to—you know—then the music, the, the cruise music is going to come on, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're going to be standing there. Gonna gonna be, you know, this is mumble mascara, number five. Mascara be raining on your face, <laughs> and you're going to be like, you know, it's like looking around the ship, right? <laughs> and then you're gonna be like, oh, look, there's two Donald and uh, Captain Hook. And you're like, come on, let's ride to the liquor store. Is that the corner? No. Is that Joe and Lori dancing with Winnie, dancing with Winnie the Pooh and one of the three little pigs? Why are there two Ursulas? Yeah. <laughs> Why is Joe pretend butt fucking Smee? You know, like. <laughs> oh, there's security. There they go. There they go. Bye, guys. Have fun in the brig. Now, I'm telling you this right now. When this happens, <laughs> could I have a question here? I am never going to approach. You know, like the therapists have that thing where, like, if you see your client in public, you won't go up to them unless they go up to uh-huh. you. Right. It's going to be the same thing here where Lori and I are not going to go up to you guys unless you approach us. So my question to you is, do you tell Taffy and Rodan? Is Rodan going? Yes. 
Okay, yes. Do you tell Taffy and Rodan? Well, if they see you... No, no, go, th- th- no, well, here's the deal. I don't think Taffy and Rodan have seen me enough to that they would clock me if they saw me there. Rodan has never met you. Exactly. So do I say, where I go, or do I just keep my mouth shut and just yeah. wait for the, so that I'm a nervous fucking wreck the entire four days? No, but I'm telling you, we will, we will never say, we will pretend like you guys aren't there. We won't do any jokes. It will just, we will be existing on the same ship. I feel like at some point I'd have to come up to you to talk to you. And then it would be this whole Mrs. Doubtfire where I'm running between the two groups. Yeah. Trying to keep everybody away from each other. If you well, showed up, well, what's funny is I don't think Rodan would carry. So it could be you and Rodan come and find me. Uh huh. Taffy would be excited to see you. Taffy would be. Would Taffy? Taffy would would act like she was excited to see you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what. Let's say, how long is this cruise that you're doing? This one or the one in no no the one that the one we're talking the one I'm going on. Uh, it's a four night, I think. Okay, so on that four nighter, I think you lied right now because you don't want me to track it down. But on on that four nighter, I think if on between the third and fourth night, if I then if if you then tell Taffy, I think she will be excited because then she will have gotten her fun in. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, okay, the last night with Joe Batanz, <laughs> it's fine. She will have gotten her fun in. Now it's time for Joe to get his fun in. <laughs> no, but see, once again, I was talking about, um, you know, there was a lot of nerves rattled at Pride 48 when Lori and I decided to do uh, a tribute to Dubious Intent, which is Daniel Adams' show. Yes. You know, and there were people who thought I was going to do some major awful things to piss off Daniel. And Adam and disrespect Pride 48 and stir shit, right? Mm-hmm. And what Lori and I did was we landed up just doing a very normal run of the mill as if two people just took over dubious intent, right? Right. And I was telling, and if I go, give me credit as a shit stir, right? The shit mm-hmm. stirring wasn't the show. The shit stirring was the anticipation leading yes. up to the show, announcing yes. the show. And watching everybody lose their fucking minds. That is the shit stirring. The show itself, that's the way you stir the shit is you don't do anything. You know, right. you literally give right. so you a keep, boring you show. You keep everybody where they hold their breath for that 55 minutes or whatever, waiting for yeah. you to eventually go and fuck you, you know, yeah. fill in the blank. Yeah. And so it's the same thing here is even though she won't know I'm going to be there, the shit stirring would be more your nerves. The entire time, <laughs> even though I'm telling you right now to your face, I will do nothing. I will be in, even if, if you do introduce me, I will be perfectly, almost to the point, to be honest with you, the real trick would be, I would be so lovely and charming that they'd be like, wow, why does Taylor talk so much shit on Joe? <laughs> Cause he's so perfectly I, lovely and nice. I don't talk shit about you. Okay. That, which is a great transition. So the other day, I <laughs> Okay. I'm listening to this pod as my co-pilot having a good time. And even earlier in the show, you made a joke about how uh, Rodan would replace you on Drag Race Recap and bleepity blah bleep blue, right? Yeah. And then, what's funny is because Rodan says, oh, 
Rodan clearly does not listen to our show because he, even though he's been on the show multiple right. times, like two or three times. Um, and they were very long episodes, so long we had to split them in two, right? Oh God, so, that's right. We did, didn't we? Yeah, because they were so yeah. long, right? He was like, oh, Joe wouldn't like me as a co-host. I have thoughts. I'm like, I think that was more a read at me than you. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that wasn't, that wasn't, I have negative thoughts and Joe wouldn't like that. Now, I think that was just maybe that he would try to challenge you. And I think that he thinks that I would don't challenge you. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't take that personally, but anyway, go ahead. Oh, I never took it personally. I thought it was like, I w- no, I didn't take it personally at all because my interpretation was that he thought I, that we that we're basically yeah, yes, mama, the house down boots, you know, and we're <laughs> clearly not. I can't even get him to listen to my show that he's on. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I don't people, you know, again, Pride Forty Eight people have come up to me or something, and they'll go like, "I don't pay for your show, or I don't listen to your show because it's com- commercial." Or I don't know whatever reason. Right? I'm like, okay, like I need thousands of listeners because gary in portland doesn't listen to my show it's not going to affect <laughs> nothing right i need thousands okay not i think if any gary i think if anybody would if anybody would listen to your show i think gary in portland would i'm not even being funny i'm not even being funny and this is a real thing i'm going to tell you okay mm-hmm. i've thought if the, i'm not even joking the second patreon gives me the ability to give free subscriptions it's going to be you, Lori, you know, all the regs, you know. Yeah. Um, My boyfriend, you know, mm-hmm. the friends and family, right? Yeah. But I'm not being funny. 100% I will give one to Gary in Portland. I would love for Gary in Portland. And I'm not trying to steal from Pride 48. He could, you know, he has the time. He could do Pride 48 <laughs> and Afterthought Media, you yeah. know. Um. Oh, I'm sure if there's I, like a. I'm sure he listens to Pride 48 and like the Corbin Fisher cast or all the, those like <laughs> things like that. He's yeah. If Sean Cody has a podcast, he listens to it. I am. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, so he would like uh, the show I want to do with Nat Pat ninety, my OnlyFans show, where we review OnlyFans, um, pages. Um. Oh, did you want to be a guest on that? No, but I would. I would. I would do that. I would help out with okay. that occasionally. No, that's not a jerking off joke, is it? <laughs> no. Ew, no. Okay. okay. Um anyway, so so getting back to my Oh, so Gary in Portland so. is, is is Gary in Portland is my ISO for uh Afterthought Media. Can okay. you imagine Gary calling every person? And I know I'm going to I miss stealing Howard Stern's mom bit. Here, but God, mm-hmm. Gary singing "Happy Birthday" to everybody at Afterthought would be so fantastic. <laughs> Happy Remember before birthday, humble pie. Remember before when you were asking why you don't think Pride Forty Eight likes you? <laughs> this is why. <laughs> I want Brenda Boo to come to Afterthought and and pick up because uh, she a limp she deleted and got rid of. Um, not quite a cat lady. I should reach out to her. This week, the queens get soaked <laughs> in a... 
The queens get soaked in a spring bet, spring bet, spring break wet t-shirt contest and design custom boats to walk the runway in the Hope Floats Pride Parade. In the end, Willem is named the winner of the challenge, while Jiggly Caliente and Milan are placed in the bottom two after the lip sync. Jiggly Caliente is told Shantae you stay, while Milan is asked to sashay away. Taylor, the latte boy, named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. This was sort of an un-episode for me. It didn't really do anything to push the narrative, and it was just sort of a a mini-challenge, a maxi-challenge, some outfits, and a lip-sync. There wasn't really anything that really kind of stood out as great. Um, I I liked... I I have torn feelings about the mini-challenge because I thought on the one hand it was fun, but on the other hand it was gross. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I like the idea of there being a piece for education, specifically when they talked about Stonewall. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel like the way they did it was, I don't know. I, I just didn't like necessarily the way they did it. Um, the thing I did not like was I did not like the maxi challenge. I thought the idea of the boats was stupid. It felt very forced. It felt very... Alan Chuck dot travel are giving us a cruise oh, as one of the. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. You're solving. I'm like, why were they doing, why did they do a boat? Okay. Yeah. All right. That, that seems to be what I think it is. So they mm-hmm. had to do something which I can think of other things they could have done that would have made a ton more sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It was like, it, it was very awkward. You know, what's weird is there are certain seasons I just don't remember that well, right? And there's something mm-hmm. about the season because I literally in the first half of this year covered season three with Adam Salandra. Right. And I think I remember just as much as before I went into season three, right? <laughs> like I yeah. remember very little. There are, there are landmark episodes that I remember, like the space one and the exercise one and the one where – well, I only remember that Manila lips against Delta, you know, with MacArthur right. Park and, of course, the American flag, the – you know, bam episode, like certain key episodes. But other than that, like I, I'm sure if you brought it up, I'd go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That episode. Um, and I feel the same thing is happening with this season, you know, where it's like, I, I barely remember these episodes and they're running by me. But, but the thing with this episode is, I remember, I distinctly remember there was a boat challenge, and I remember Willem winning because she had pictures of her face all over it. That's all I remembered about it. Right. But when I watched the episode, I'm like, why do I remember this episode? Like, yeah. there's so nothing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing remarkable about this episode at all. Why do I, maybe I just remember because it's a boat. Yeah, I mean, it was something that we haven't really seen them do before or since. Yeah, I will say the mistake that I did make, I did think until today, well, not a little bit before today, that this was the episode where Willem got called out and sent home, which it clearly wasn't, you know, but uh, that was the mistake I made. But I can't remember that Willem won the episode she gets sent home. So I guess I assumed it was this one, but it wasn't. Uh, Two things I liked about the episode. Um... It's you know what I'll say this I rarely notice how good RuPaul looks and I remember clocking her makeup is flawless yes uh so that was a good thing um 
but which is funny because it sounds like I'm, I'm shading the episode and that um it's it's not it wasn't a good or bad episode it was just sort no. of an episode yeah yeah because i don't even really have any negative i mean the negative thing i have to say has nothing to do with the production of the episode it's like oh milan with the fucking wig and taking it off and everything it, it was um, a potato chip of an episode i like potato chips well, I like potato chips too, and we like Drag Race. You couldn't tell from the last five minutes, but we like this show. But you don't is remember there, potato chips. Is there a snack food that you don't like? I have one that I specifically, and I've tried many times over the years to like, and I just can't. Um, let's see, is a particular snack food. So we're not looking at something sweet per se, but something mm-hmm. that would be like a savory. I don't like anything with jalapeno flavoring. How are you married to a Latino? Even, <laughs> he is Cuban, and Cubans don't really like spicy food. But how are you? Yeah. No, just anything that's like that jalapeno, it's, that's not a thing for me. Or um, actually, no, or... I, I, t- I take that back. It is uh, sour cream and onion. Like sour cream oh. and onion. No, no. I've even, got, I've even got a better one because my husband eats them all the time, and I think they're gross. And I have we've gotten in fights when he we've gone on road trips and he grabs them and brings them in the car and opens the bag in the car, Funyuns. Funyuns oh, are mm-hmm. gross. Okay. You just reminded me of two things now. Okay. The first thing I was going to mention, I cannot, I literally gag, literally gag. It can be any flavor, whatever. It doesn't matter. Literally gag on corn nuts. Okay. Okay. They okay. Gross me I've out. only had I've corn tr- nuts like twice in my life. I've tried them from childhood to like fairly recently. Cause I was like, maybe I was a child and I didn't get it. And I'll try Blech. like, no. Right. And then okay. it reminded me, and I know this is a really controversial one. Cause this, I think is the diet Coke of this chip. And what I mean is I think diet Coke might even be more popular than Coke. Right. Isn't that something weird like that? I think so. Um, I can't, cannot stand and the funny thing reminded me of it because even the smell bothers me i kind of hate the smell right <laughs> cool ranch doritos <gasps> i love cool ranch doritos hate them hate them which is funny because a regular original flavor bag of doritos i cannot have them in the house for a couple of reasons reason number one is they won't survive and two is because they mm-hmm. won't survive I cannot have Doritos in this. <laughs> I will literally empty the bag, eat it. Don't not even think twice. Do you have the sweet chili Doritos there by you? They come in a purple bag. I'm sure they do. I've never tried the other flavors, and I wish I could because I always wanted to try the one called Tacos at Midnight and all that stuff, and I never uh-huh. tried any of it because I love the original so much. There might be well, a flavor that you, I like more. You you know what you like, but I know the sweet chili ones. The Cool Ranch Doritos, that is where my husband and I, you know, get in fistfights over the bag. But the sweet chili ones, he doesn't like those. And then I get a bag all to myself. And they are, after a while, they do definitely have some some heat to them. But you have to eat a bunch of them to get there. Is that their version of, like, Takis? I've never had a Taki. So I don't know. Oh, God. I love Takis. <laughs> Takis, Takis are up there with Doritos for me. Okay. They can't be in the house. Well, those can be in the house because... Unlike a Dorito is they actually start to hurt. My jaw starts to hurt. And so I just have to stop. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the good things about them. But um, now I want Doritos. 
Uh, all right. After Kenya Michael's elimination, the Queens point out Milan has sent home both Puerto Rican girls. Uh, Milan worries her androgynous drag style isn't coming across, and Willem promises his tears from last week were genuine. Next, RuPaul entered the workroom and announced this week's mini challenge. The girls will style Glamazon t-shirts and breastplates to compete in a spring break. Why can't I get that? Wet t-shirt contest. After getting hosed down by the pit crew, Fifi loses her tits and wig while Willem is named the winner of the mini challenge. Take the latte, boy. Let's talk about all things that happened here. Whatever notes you have after Kenya's elimination, the mini challenge. What are your thoughts? Give them to us right now. Well, I thought the idea of Milan saying my drag is misunderstood. It felt like that was sort of a shade edit. But as we've talked about, drag has evolved over the last 10 years since the show, nine, 10 years, whatever it is, since the show has been on. And there is part of me that thinks maybe Milan was slightly misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also get the conversation like where I feel like Willem was talking about the whole drag king, drag queen you know, you mm-hmm. kind of look like a drag king, which I don't necessarily agree with Willem because of the makeup style that Milan was was doing. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts on that statement? My drag was misunderstood. Yeah, so it's funny. I, I even wrote in here, Willem defending the judges reading Milan's looks. Now, I don't listen to this race chaser, right? Mm-hmm. So my question to you, I know you do. Did Willem address any of this or do you remember? That was... I do not remember, honestly. That was on quite a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. I probably could go back and listen to their season four, but I kind of don't want to know the stuff that Willem has to say about that. But but here's my question, and this this actually is important to me. Is Willem cringy about any of his behavior, or is he just thinks he's super rad? In general. Um, in general, I think that he has moments of... They're often brief, but there are moments of humility on Race mm-hmm. Chaser. But for the most part, I think she thinks she's super rad. I thought in terms of this season, though, when when they were covering it. Oh, season four. Oh, yeah, no, she thinks she's super rad. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, I could see, like, cringing at parts of it. And have they done season five? Did it have Alaska cringe mm-hmm. at that? Yeah, they've done season five, where Alaska comes off as much more aware of uh, things that she could have done differently and Mm -hmm. the whole she she definitely expresses some regrets with some of that stuff there i think they're just finishing season six now oh interesting yeah um so in terms of that like yeah it is i what's funny though is I, i would love to know what my position was then i don't know i imagine even myself that i was very like yeah bitch you gotta wear a dress you know Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't remember what my position was, but I I think at that time I don't remember having any kind of opposing thoughts to Drag Race, or th- I think I I generally bought into what the editors told me. So I think we yeah. all evolved. Um, yeah. but it's acknowledging that evolution. Um, I had a question for you, and maybe again, unfortunately, everybody Taylor and I were operate under the assumption that Untucked would be available this season. Yeah. And then after episode one, they just wiped it away. And we can't even buy it, you said, right? Right. It's not even available on iTunes. Which is funny because you said that every every season's available for purchase except for season four. Right. Oh, that's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, every season is available except season four. Oh, okay. Um, but, which you know, there's something about season four because do you remember um, right when we started Patreon, 
Um, I didn't pay the, I didn't pay, Taylor was the only host. I didn't pay Taylor, but I did buy you at the end of the season, all the seasons. And didn't we run into a problem where like season four wasn't available for a while? Like, remember, I think so. You could buy them all except for season four. There's something there. Um, I don't know what it is. Well, I don't get Um, why Untucked isn't because. I mean, it's, I can understand season four if there was a music rights thing, especially yeah. considering some of the music that they used this season. Yeah. But Untucked, I, it's it's an odd, you know, or at the very least, if there was like one episode where somebody said something that they took that one down. But for some reason, it's it's not yeah, there. And I, I feel like we're at a disservice because when you think back on season four, the mm-hmm. stuff that I remember – is untucked. Yeah. The fights in untucked. Mhm. Yeah, I, I you're right. So we'll find a way. Nami, please come home. <laughs> um Nami, we want you back, baby. <laughs> um so here's the thing I have a question about. I think maybe it's something we saw in untucked. But there's, you know, when they walk in, there's a lot of talk about Fifi's so sad about Kenya going home. And he's like, I lost my best friend. I'm like, they were best friends? Yeah, I, that that narrative didn't necessarily play in, in the in the show. Yeah, it was super, super weird. And I was just like, when when did that happen? What about the mini challenge? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I The mini challenge is one of those examples of something... That you would never see on a new season. There's no way yeah. they would do something really? like that. Which I also think is makes me oddly sad <laughs> because mm-hmm. this felt to some degree like, you know, one of the things that drag is supposed to be where it's supposed to be kind of like a fuck you to society. And mm-hmm. this example of this, of where we're going to act like the crazy drunk girls in the wet t-shirt contest is – and we're going to kind of make fun of them and make fun of spring breakers in general feels like a fuck you. Like, I don't think anybody was trying to be there. There seemed to be very tongue in cheek with all of the sexiness of the mini challenge with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And. It, uh, but on the one hand, it is kind of problematic, but I think that it is nowadays it would be looked at as problematic through the lens that a lot of people watch drag race or just kind of look at society or pop culture as a whole. Whereas I feel like back then it was just sort of something fun and nobody really thought about the misogyny and, and all of that kind of stuff. That's so interesting because I'm not saying you're wrong on anything. The only thing I I take issue with, with, I think they would still do this challenge. Maybe, maybe some slight modifications, but I could still see them doing this challenge. Or maybe I'm do wrong. You think? Yeah. What would you think they would have a problem with? I think just the idea of the big boobs and the bouncing around and all of the guys screaming and yelling that I think it would be, it would be considered objectifying way, you know, the idea of objectifying women and, you know, it, I, I just think that in today's day and age, as we've talked about, especially with the recent seasons, people watch this show to be offended. Whereas I don't think that necessarily happened in seasons three, four, five, all that sort of stuff. And I think that is why we have gotten the very milk toast, whitewashed mini challenges that we've gotten over the last several years. 
Now, maybe Rodan will have a different opinion here. But, <laughs> but didn't we just see Jana Sofia in All-Star 6 win a challenge by spinning her boobs in the variety show? But, yes, but the boobs were... Weren't they like long? Were they? Were they? Were they were just regular boobs? They, they, maybe they, they were. I don't remember. Okay. Well. All right. Well, I don't know. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But it just you you wouldn't normally see people doing what Yara Sofia was doing. Whereas we all watched MTV in the 80s and the 90s, and they always had shit like this on there. I think what I would say it's so funny. I think I would kind of share your opinion, but I would flip it. I don't think the producers would be afraid to do it. I think the girls now would be afraid to go all in. Okay. Yeah. All right. For a bunch of reasons. Maybe for those reasons you said, because they think about the social media consequences afterwards, or because I'm thinking about someone like Crystal Versace, let's say, on who's currently on Drag Race UK Season 3, wouldn't want to look ugly. You right. know? Which you, you you look kind of messy when you're doing this, and I don't think she would like right. that. Um, here's a weird comment I want to say, and then we're gonna go to break. Is Jiggly says makes a joke about how Chad looks like a milf, and he goes, "Chad, it's forever twenty one, not forever forty one, or something along those lines." And I was like, "That doesn't make any sense because Chad is like forty one when they're making <laughs> this, and so like Chad's just looking like Chad in a bikini." Right. No, that I would agree. make that, sense but if that, it was but that's the exa- That's an example of the shade that you wouldn't, you would never hear a girl say something like that now because it would mm. come off as ageist. Yeah. Well, you're going yeah. back to Crystal Versace. She got, there was a little bit of, I wouldn't say hot water there, but there were hurt feelings because she made a, a somewhat, it was gross because she said it, but like whatever joke about um, Victoria Scone's uh, being fat. Yeah. Made a fat joke about Victoria Scone and there was all yeah. this. Um, all right. Well, whatever. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we will finish the rest of the show because the show, nothing happens. We'll be back. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. 
you'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Yeah! All right, after the mini challenge, RuPaul announces this week's main challenge. The queens will be walking in the Hope Floats Pride Parade. The girls need to create a fashion-forward outfit and a boat. That sends a positive <laughs> message. Willem assigns colors randomly, and they are as follows. Willem chose blue for himself, but then he closed his eyes and then reached and just handed them back to him behind his back to everyone else. So Jiggly Caliente got orange. Fifi O'Hara got violet. Dita Ritz got red. Latrice Royale got turquoise. Chad Michaels got pink, Milan got yellow, and Sharon Needles got green. Um, in the workroom, uh, Jiggly hates the color orange and struggles to create a concept. Willem immediately covers her boat in stickers of her own face, and the girls take us to class with a discussion about Stonewall. Taylor, your thoughts on everything that happened in the workroom up to the table visits, and also the idea of this maxi challenge and all that nonsense. Well, the maxi challenge idea is stupid, <laughs> as we talked about before. It's definitely yeah. shoehorned into the idea of pride. Um, mm-hmm. I would have rather seen them just work on outfits where they were given a color and then had to had to work within that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe create something new using fabrics and using stuff, but not necessarily having it where they're in a boat. It just was mm-hmm. dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of Willem picking the color she wanted. And then immediately, like, and saying this, I feel like this is the only way to be fair. I thought was a very good way to hand out colors. Yeah. So that way, there there is no way that anybody could accuse shade. There mm-hmm. is no way that you know anybody could be seen as a favorite or you know being picking mm-hmm. favorites, anything like that. I thought that was a very great. That was a great way to do that. So, and I was thinking that would be really great. And then I could imagine myself doing that, but then forgetting to pick my own color first. Oh, and then and, uh, that happened, didn't it? That happened with the uh, Robbie Turner. Yes. On season eight. Yeah. yeah. I would do something stupid like that. Um, <laughs> um, God, I wonder if, do you think I could get her back? That would Robbie be the, Turner. That, yeah. We got, imagine if I was able to bring Robbie Turner back for an episode, um, of the show. Work on it. Workshop it. I would have to do. I think I have to do a uh, like um, what are those things called again? The where you raise money, a uh, fundraiser. Yeah, I have to do like a, a GoFundMe. Okay, to, 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 to a money that she couldn't. She couldn't even like. She couldn't deny it. You know, she couldn't. She, I can't turn down. You know that money. I'm, I'm, I'm working at at uh, you know the local Publix. You know. <laughs> And, um, um, yeah. So, uh, as far as the conversation about Stonewall goes, I thought that it, I, there was interesting the way that they talked about it and particularly talked about the, the drag queens and the transgender folks, uh, that really were sort of the first ones that started the, the, the war on culture as far as like, you know, throwing the first proverbial brick, um, mm-hmm. And talking a little bit about what it was like to be the the one fact about you had to have on three items 
that were um, three clothing items that were normally assigned to a person of your biological gender. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't remember them talking about that when I watched the show the first time, but I thought that was a fascinating uh, fact. But you know what's so funny they didn't mention, and I've read about this before, is as we know, in, in at that time, the um, the gay bars were owned by the mob. And Stonewall specifically owned by the mob. And mm-hmm. the mob itself would be the ones to tip off the police because they could use that information to blackmail these closeted queens. Um, and, uh, so I think, so like, it's just, it was a fucking really ridiculous, gross time. Uh, thank you. But I'm okay. glad that they made that movie where the, they made up a white person who's the one that actually. Right. I did notice twink. that, that there wasn't really anything talking about the fact that it was primarily people of color that really yeah. also started Stonewall. Yeah, white people are really, they're scaredy cats. They're gross. Um, <laughs> I like that Jiggly said that she's not good at being creative, and I was like, bitch, that has not changed. You <laughs> are not good at being creative, and that is true. Uh, have you said everything you want to say about the workroom stuff? Yeah. Yeah, All that right. that section of it. Absolutely. Let's move on. During the table visits, Jiggly can't anticipate, I'm sorry, can't articulate a plan to Rue. Milan wants to do a flashback to the future, and Willem quotes RuPaul to RuPaul herself, telling her she's always been an inspiration. Any thoughts on the table visits? A lot going on well, there. Um, The idea of I wish that Rue took the opportunity to talk specifically about what each of the colors of the flag represented. Mm-hmm. That this was another opportunity that they didn't really do, especially because there were, we are used to up until recently, they just changed the, the pride flag, but it was for a long time, just the six colors. And as we saw here, there were additional colors in that first one, there was eight. And to have somebody where they could have said, now you have the orange flag, or orange color, and that represented mm-hmm. this on the flag. They didn't really take that opportunity. Which- it was a missed opportunity. That would have been a great opportunity to say, like, because actually Sharon's the only one that kind of did that. Yeah. And um, to say, like, not only did it stick with that color, but stick what the meaning of that color is. Right. Right. So it that 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 seemed a little like a missed opportunity. Um, and Taylor, I know that you are a a, a <laughs> you know well well known gay pride historian, gay historian. In fact, you uh-huh. wrote the book. Um, when the stone wall comes crashing down, I uh, did. Like, hey, latte boy, I did. Yes. Yeah. And I see the screen on your glasses changing, but my question to you, <laughs> my question to you is what do each of the colors stand for? Well, that's an excellent question. That's an absolute yeah. excellent question. Yeah. And I just, I, you know, I think so often back. Yeah. To what what that could possibly mean and yeah. and the importance mm-hmm. of the importance of what each of those colors mean. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think I'm ready to share that. Sure. I am ready Go to ahead. share that. Go ahead. We're so, ready to hear it. Excellent. Okay. So, the pink f- color on the original mm-hmm. flag represented sex. Oh. And the red color represented life. Okay. Orange represented healing. Oh, something we've just learned. Yellow represented the sun, which Milan did sort of talk about when, oh, when you're she right. was presenting hers. 
So, but nobody else necessarily did that. Green, as we talked about with Sharon, mentioned that it represents nature. Mm-hmm. Turquoise represent mm-hmm. art and magic. Blue. Did someone serenity. say magic? Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Blue. <laughs> Blue for serenity and purple for spirit. Oh, that's very, very yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for me, I love when Rue was talking to Jiggly. And Rue was like, tell me about your boat. And Jiggly is clearly like me in sixth grade when I didn't do the homework. Is like, yeah, it is. She's uh, full on Kaiser Sosery in that shit. She's like, <laughs> it's about an astronaut who dresses in red and is in a hotel room <laughs> and standing next to a person. And you're like, right. you, you're making this up as you go, aren't you? Right. Right. And that was very funny to me. I love, love, love RuPaul talking to Milan. And <laughs> I knew says, you were going to say this. <laughs> and Milan says, oh, I have other people design my dresses. And Ruth comes for her where I'm like, bitch, you couldn't sew a button, okay, <laughs> on a dress. So A, B, what, did, little did you know, 10 years later, no one would walk down on a dress they created. Right. Right. You but know, this just shows, this shows how out of touch Rue is with mm-hmm. the real world. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, what do you I, thought, say? I thought it was going to be the where she said, I think she said it to, she said it to Milan or she might have said it to Willem. I'm not sure which. Or she went, so the theme for this pride parade is hope floats. Tell me, oh. what was your darkest hour? <laughs> oh, I think, wasn't it Fifi? Was it, it was Fifi. That's right. Cause she told the story yeah. about <clears throat> her relationship with her, with her father. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The only other note that I have about this section was, Willem's positive self-talk that I thought mm-hmm. was a was something that hopefully somebody out there who was struggling mm-hmm. heard and used that for themselves as far as the, you know, nobody's nobody's applauding for me now. They just need to catch up kind of thing. Yeah. Treat yourself like a star. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think anytime you can say something like that or you can believe something like that, it's it, it betters you as a human being. All right. Very good. I did love a little button on this. Um, when Rue was talking about who the judges were going to be and they pretended to know who this girl from NCIS was. And um, Sharon made the joke like, oh, well, Willem was in a, acted with her, you know. Right. And Willem like, I did. And you're like, oh, God, you know. Um, so that was very funny. All right, back in the workroom, the queens have a discussion about performing at Pride. Jiggly and Willem, Willem sorry, jokingly snipe at each other about their boat designs. And Willem sings an original song about how much he loves her boat um it's elimination day and all the girls are in full drag and ready for the main stage while jiggly fanatic frenetically oh frantically sorry finishes her love you for you themed boat and declares it very saint tropez all right taylor any thoughts on everything here in the back in the workroom the elimination day all that jazz i think willem running her mouth was very reminiscent of tyra sanchez for the Mm -hmm. i think it was the bridal Mm-hmm. Where she was just sort of singing and being obnoxious, and mm-hmm. it just sort of it was shades of that. I thought mm-hmm. um, that's the only note that I have about that section. Yeah, I don't have a lot of notes. I I, I do have here. Fifi goes comes for Jiggly, 
uh, about what she's doing on the boat, and she's not wrong. Fifi is reading Jiggly for just lack of time management, creative skills. Um, also, there was a really interesting conversation. Again, I am willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but now knowing what we know now, where Willem is teasing Jiggly about gender stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really, really crazy. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I just thought it was uh, a very strange conversation about gender. Now knowing that we know that Jiggly uh, is his transgender. And, I, and I noticed that I picked up on that as something during the lip sync that I thought it was interesting that she got to lip sync to Born This Way. I thought it was a yes. was, had, we, had more meaning that we didn't know until many, many years later. Well, what's so funny, I guess we're going to talk about the lip sync now. I don't think it really mattered with this episode. Is I was like, if Milan hadn't have done the stupid throwing the wig off thing a hundred times, as annoying as it was, you could have read into it with the born this way stuff. I know they were making fun of her and Dina Ritz going like, okay, we get it. You were born yeah. this way. But... um it maybe could have worked. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also one of those people. Don't take your fucking wig off and your clothes right. off. I don't, I don't even get what that means. But I guess it would make more sense with this song. Um, I don't know. Uh, all right, Taylor. Well, it's now it's time for the, the looks. looks. Yeah, the looks. Now, this is a a game we play to uh-huh. see if you got the right answer. Now, I will say. You have been very, very good. That was the episode before last. You got every single one right. Yes. So, and then last time I got two wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're doing pretty, pretty well. Lori would be very jealous. All right, <laughs> who's first up on your list here? All right, so first up on our list that we are following the looks from RuPaul's Drag Race uh, is Chad Michaels, who was wearing pink. And mm-hmm. she is wearing what looks to be sort of like a showgirl outfit that has a it has like a zebra print of varying shades of pink. And she has decorated her boat to match the outfit. I thought mm-hmm. that the execution on this was flawless. I thought she looked great in it. And this is a win for me. Okay. Now, the next one up is Dita Ritz wearing red. Dita is wearing a harem pant and has on a t-shirt with some geometric heart prints on it. Um, she has decorated her, she has decorated her boat with fringe and it looks like some cray paper. Here's the thing with this. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they were going to do, and this kind of talks back to the Alan Chuck Doc travel thing. First of all, She's beautiful. Dita looks beautiful, like her, the wig and the makeup and everything flawless. The mm-hmm. outfit, I think, should have not gotten clocked as much as it was because this looks like something somebody would wear going on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. There is, if they had done this to where the outfit had to be cruise inspired. I know they did the one mm-hmm. in season seven where what you would wear on an airplane. Mm-hmm. They could have done something where something you would wear on a ship. And I could see somebody, I could see Dita walking on a cruise ship wearing something similar to this. So mm-hmm. I don't think she should have gotten the grief that she got for this outfit. So out of out of respect and, and support for Dita, I am giving this a plus. Again, she looks beautiful. I'm giving this look a plus. 
Yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's a rare moment where the judge weighs in. I was torn on this one because I actually do like the way she looks. I don't like the boat. Okay, well, I'm looking more at the outfit than the boat. Okay, then I'm going to go with this. All right, All thank right. you. All right, next up is Jiggly Caliente, who came out in a horrible boat uh, that was orange. <laughs> She's wearing orange, and she has on a very Saint-Tropez cape that she is wearing with a bathing suit on underneath. Did you also mm-hmm. clock that she said San Tropez several times and it sounds like they just took the same clip of her saying that and using yes. it like three or four times in the episode? Okay. Then it wasn't just me. Um, you can't really see her. It's not flattering to her look. I like the wig. I like the bangs, but the look itself is not good. So this is a miss for me. Just to hit on what you said before, they even do it within like a sentence of each of each other. Yes, when when she's doing the book, where where she's doing the boat, where she says it's very San Tropez, she says something else, and they say very San Tropez, and it is clearly where it has been pulled. Like they needed an extra two seconds, so they just tack that on. It's yep. weird. All right. Oh, I, okay. So I got that right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So next up is Latrice Royale, who is wearing uh, turquoise. Mm-hmm. And she comes off very sort of Ur- Ursula-inspired with the sort of it looked like octopus tentacles in her hair. She is, her face is beaded, including her lips. Um, and the outfit itself, I mean, you can't really see a lot of it, but I think that the look itself, I think it's a good look. I mean, I agree that the boots, we've seen the boots a couple of times now, but the look itself, there isn't anything wrong necessarily with what Latrice is wearing. There isn't necessarily anything great or avant-garde about it, but I think that the makeup and the attention to detail in the makeup deserves that this is a, this is a plus. Okay. All right. Next up is Milan who comes out with a bright yellow afro and a dress that looks like it. I'm not sure what it was made out of, but it looked cheap, honestly. And the outfit, um, the the boat itself was yellow and she wrote things like the Milan invasion, but then hope in love <laughs> on the sides of it, in the back of it. And then I believe something like we will always remember or we will never forget or something on the back. It was a, it was an odd mixing of messages, but the dress itself was not a great, was not a great dress. Um, so this is a miss for me. I also want to add that Jiggly boat was a mess, but we know why Milan had all the time in the world. And I would say her boat is worse than Jiggly's. Well, because she, she seemed to have zero more, time on it. There, there's there is nothing on it. Yeah, like the, yeah. It, there's a and I mean I guess okay. Well, actually, we'll talk about that when we talk about the judges' deliberation because I I have okay. thoughts particularly about Milan and what they say to Milan. Okay. Um, okay, so next up is Fifi O'Hara who comes out in purple. She comes out in a dress that says "Believe" or at a boat that says "Believe." And she comes in in a shiny cat suit um, with it with once the sleeve is off and sort of kind of like a dominatrix with straps and and tall boots and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can definitely see her leaning into her cosplay here. So in that regards, I like it. The thing I do not like about it is, and we went through a series of queens doing this for a couple of years where they wear the bright blue contacts. You know, another person that went through, wore them a lot was Coco 
on mm-hmm. season five. So in that regards, I do not like that. But the outfit itself, she kind of was making a futuristic look and the boat sort of looks futuristic. I am going to give this look a plus. All right. Very good. Okay. So next up was Sharon Needles, who came out in a green dress. And as we talked about, she had said that her outfit was nature inspired. So the one sleeve is a snake. And she also even has a snake on her boat. And they kind of read her boat as looking messy. And it looked like it had been stuck underwater, was covered in algae. I think that's what kind of made the boat look cool, where it looks like it was a sunken boat. And there are even like flowers in the back of it. And everything about it, I thought was good. Again, we are seeing yet another look from Sharon where she's wearing a different type of wig and a different type of makeup. And I think that this is an excellent look from Sharon. Okay. And the last book, last look is Willem who comes out wearing a, uh, a trench coat that is very similar to uh, Carrie Bradshaw in the episode of Sex in the City where she falls on the runway. And then she is wearing a, a, I don't know which, I guess like a denim bathing suit underneath. Her, her boat is covered in stickers that she has with her face all over them. I think that Willem looks great here. The boat, I don't like the boat, but I thought that she looked really great in the outfit and I thought that her hair looks good. The outfit, the the actual, the bathing suit underneath was interesting. Um, so in that regard, I'm going to give Willem a plus. Also, where did she get that thing for the front of the boat that's so intricate and blue? She she must have painted or spray painted that because oh, at mask. one point they, sh- they show her where it's one of those uh, things that you rest a wig on. Mm-hmm. That she was taking that and she was carving into the back of it so that she could put it oh. as a mask. Oh, perfect. All right. They showed her doing that at one point when they were doing the book. So, okay. All right. And that's all the looks. Those are the looks. All right. On the main stage, Willem is named the winner of the challenge while Milan and Jiggly Caliente are placed in the bottom two, forcing them to duke it out in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, Born This Way by Lady Gaga. Milan bears all on stage, but it's Jiggly Caliente who's told Shantae you stay while Milan is asked to sashay away. Taylor T. Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? I think we talked about the lip sync, but if you want to go on more, that's fine. Any thoughts you didn't get out? What do you got? I do. Well, one, we get yet another Billy B. fat joke about Jiggly, which I think is just, it's, he should be thankful he's not on B seasons. (laughs) of the show the more current seasons of the show because i mm-hmm. think that it would he would never have lasted um the other thing that billy b said that i di- i thought was just gross was he was talking about milan's boat and talked about you know it's supposed to be about pride or whatever but you put your name all over it it offends me yeah it sort of offends me yet willem won for literally yes. putting her face all over the sides of the boat yes Yes, and he tries to to explain the difference, but it's still you're just like, no, you're an asshole. Yeah, that's basically you're an asshole. Um, the last thing was that they some poor editing on the producer's part as far as the storyline of Willem versus Fifi, because you see, I even went back and rewound it when they announce Willem as the winner for that split second. You see Fifi putting her arm up to like congratulate Willem. 
and then they oh, immediately flash to where Willem, uh, where Fifi looks sullen and looks mm-hmm. pissed that Willem won. Mm-hmm. So you know, we have since heard. You know, I do remember uh, the one thing I remember Race Chaser is that they had Fifi on, and Fifi and Willem were like laughing and kikiing and all that kind of stuff, and just talking about some of the some of the. Um, animosity was a little bit more embellished than what Mm -hmm. we were all led to believe all those years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. this is an example of that. And Willem has talked about when Milan ripped off all of her clothes. I remember her saying Fifi and I looking at each other, like, Oh my God, like, what are you doing? Sort of thing. Yeah. So that doesn't necessarily, that isn't something that you see girls who don't like each other doing. Yeah. So that's watching it with an eye of a 10 year later. eye. that was, those Mm -hmm. were just some interesting factoids that I thank you. Recognize. That is really interesting. Um, a lot of you, you hit a lot of my palm. Prom, I, I don't know what, what I wish I would have put an example here. I said more problematic gender comments. What was that about? What could that have been about? I feel like Michelle said something about, you know, boy this, girl that. I, I feel like it had to do with Milan, maybe. Possibly. Who knows? Who knows? Um, and I do love that RuPaul said that they honored Mar- Marsha P. Johnson by doing this boat challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually really gross because they found Marsha P. Johnson floating in like the Hudson or something like that. So she couldn't. Did they the re- wait, did they really? Yeah, 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 yeah. When Marsha P. Johnson was found like floating, I'll look that up just to be sure. I don't want to spread misinformation, but I think when she died, I believe she was found like in the, uh, let's see, Marsha. Oh. Marsha P. I don't want to spread information. I can always edit that out. Let's see. Wikipedia. I'm looking at it up right now, too. Death. Ba, ba, da, ba. Johnson's suspicious death. I mean, it was Johnson. No, to the back of. Yeah, it was discovered floating in the Hudson River. Oh, my God. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, well, uh, well, go RuPaul. She's always really relevant and has her finger on the pulse. <laughs> well, but you know, Our, if 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 Ru had seen Marsha P. Johnson drowning, <laughs> well, she would have positive. She would have just prayed for her. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think she prayed for her. I think she just thought positive thoughts. Um, yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and econstruct. Each and every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 4. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. For more access to LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. This episode was produced by Zach Birch. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 